Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Hey now, it's Mike Gilbert, host of the Mike and JD Show, right here on the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. Join JD by God Oliva and myself every Thursday night live on the Voices of Wrestling YouTube channel at 11.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time as we stay up all night discussing all the hottest stories in professional wrestling. You can also check us out right here on the Voices of Wrestling podcasting feed or you can subscribe to the Mike and JD Show feed. Now, enjoy the show. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Kids, do you like professional wrestling? Well, I certainly hope so. We like wrestling too. This is Shake Them Ropes. I am Jeff Hawkins. He is Chris Novembrino. It is about 20 minutes after Survivor Series War Games has ended. And Chris, Th- did see, anything happen of note during uh, pay per view? Uh, spoiler alert CM Punk is not the devil in AEW. <laughs> yeah, yeah, missed yeah. the Intercontinental title either. No, um, the other big headline coming out of the show for me. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, the Chiron hits copyright 2023. Triple H gonna do what he does all the time, to- used to do all the time in NXT, gonna make you think the show's ending. And as soon as you think it's ending, God bless him, living color, getting more money for cult of personality. I'm all here for it because I love me some living color. That's right. Phil Brooks just kind of walks out after the victory. He wasn't in war games. He was kind of teased because Randy Orton wasn't there. But yes, CM Punk is now back in WWE. Oh, hurrah, hooray. Oh, hooray, hurrah. Mm. Uh, Mm. My personal opinion, he's going to headline one of the nights of WrestleMania, and it's not going to be against Roman. I think it. I think it's Seth. I think that's the call, or Damian Priest, or whoever they have wearing this conciliatory title. And and so Punk gets a conciliatory headline, I guess. You know, so everybody kind of loses and wins at the same time. I don't know. It's a get. It has to. You have to say that he belongs in WWE in some ways, and would have been stupid not to have brought him out in some way. Oh, this, this is a great here. time to get him too. I mean, I mean, think about it. So, like, beyond all the AEW, and we will, of course, parse and examine all of them. <laughs> WWE goes into their slow season this time of year, and sometimes their rumble builds, especially in recent vintage, have been very, very weak. 
Phil Brooks, CM Punk guarantees intrigue on the week-to-week television, especially depending on who he begins his feuds with. Um, And he can certainly feud with Judgment Day going into Rumble um, and then feud with Rollins coming out of Rumble. Like, There's a lot of different people he can feud with in the in-between, but now you have a number of strong talking acts that uh, help stitch this show together, and Punk just adds to that, that ensemble. Uh, I think in a very powerful way. Does he? Hello, cat. <laughs> Izzy, what do you think? Um, does he get the mic to open up Raw on Monday? I, I think you got it, given the fact that you didn't have him say anything here to close out the show. Okay, not on on the pay per view. Uh, I think everyone wants to know what he's going to say. He'll pop a huge rating, right? You you got to imagine like not a huge oh. rating, but like you have to imagine he'll at least draw some additional numbers. Yeah, let me see what the Monday night football game is, because uh, that 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 number this week did a monster number because it was a huge matchup. So, uh, da, 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 da. sorry, this is wonderful audio, isn't it, kids? Everybody, well, oh, oh, it's Chicago and Minnesota. Yeah, they're they're gonna pop a huge rating. <laughs> Um, those who want pettiness, I think you're going to get it. Congratulations, oh, yeah. everybody. Everybody oh, wins yeah. on that front. If, if you like the petty, you get it. There you go. Uh, um, there's no way that Punk agreed to do a WWE run without having a large say so in what his promo content was going to be and kind of be with the understanding that he wasn't going to be the guy who dethrones Roman Reigns or anything like that. Oh, but wouldn't it be funny if they don't even mention AEW in any way? <laughs> they just go about their business like they don't exist. <clears throat> that might drive people more nuts than Punk actually bringing them up on WWE television. I, I don't... Yes, but I think you get Punk to get the controversy. Yes, you do. You, yeah, yeah. You, you, yeah. You get one with the other, you know, it, it's, it's one of those things where. And I think he's got really good foils with the young bucks because even when they have a point and especially on the tail end of bucks tenure, when he was all come see me out in the parking lot and everything like that, like they started to have a case about like this guy being a problem and everything like that. They are like the worst mouthpiece for their own case. And they are doing themselves no favors with uh, the on-screen storylines and the need to sort of play out this grudge with them cosplaying punk, sort of, or their caricature of punk. Uh, I, I think... I think... Oh, punk we need CM lot... Punk as the Young Bucks now. <laughs> I mean, he already did that when he like tried to start his own cult, right? Oh, that's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, he's essentially already done that storyline. Um, back to just Survivor Series in general. It was a good, not great show. I thought. Um, I thought the first match was what stole it. I, I thought the women's war games was actually absolutely sublime. I loved that war games. That might be my favorite WWE war games I've seen. It was really well structured. Yeah, um, everyone, everyone had a meaningful role during the course of this match, and even though the outcome 
I didn't think was ever in doubt right down to who was going to be the weak link. It had to be Bailey. Right. right. Uh, I, it didn't, it didn't make the journey unfun. I think like maybe one of the highest comments I can say about a match is that you can watch it knowing full well what the finish sort of necessarily has to be. I mean, they could do something else, but it just everything they've ever done building into this match points to Bailey eats the pin from somebody. And it doesn't even really matter who it was from the uh, women's team, really. Yeah, and it, it kind of shocked me a little bit how they did because they made Bailey look like really strong before getting pinned there. I mean, she was saving everybody. She wasn't inept. She didn't screw something up. And then somebody got pinned. She got pinned because she saved Kyrie from, from eating a move. And then Kyrie just kind of stayed over in the corner there and did nothing, which was kind of funny. But um, if you're going to do an homage to the 92 war games, which I felt even though the stories were rushed, they were kind of doing like on the uh, on the on the baby face side, that Charlotte Becky thing was totally sting and Nikita Koloff and and can sting trust Nikita. And on on the on the heel side, it was the dangerous alliance are tight. But Bailey is kind of a wild card here. Is she going to do something to screw it up? It, you know, much like Larry Zabisco um, in, in the war games. And they didn't do the actual fish, which was, I mean, that 92 war games, it was, they, they had unbuckled or they had unscrewed the top turnbuckle, which was a rarity in those days. And, uh, and Zabisco hit Bobby Eaton accidentally. And then Eaton had to give it up. It wasn't Zabisco who gave up the pin. So, it, or the, the surrender but i mean everybody everybody looked like they were having a lot of fun at least on the heel side i mean god love her love a spot as much as eo sky loves putting a trash can over her head and just jumping off the top of a cage because she does that like every match now every war games match and she just still looks like she's having the time of her life doing it which is hilarious to me yeah no spot this this was just one of the more fun war games matches. I think you sort of I think you sort of nailed it. Even Charlotte came off as likable enough during the course of this match. Oh, dude, I will that that moonsault spot. Right, that was moonsault brave. was great. Right, yeah, no, it was and, great. And, and Eo took the brunt of that. Like she took one <laughs> leg right into the head, and you could just see that. I thought she was knocked out first. Shotzi, I thought came off well, doing what she did, and she sold. That that was an, out, I I believe that was an outstanding sell job she did when she when she first spiked her head after doing the dive, and everybody was like, oh man, looks like she concussed herself or whatever, and she's playing that story throughout the, throughout the war games. I thought that was great. Oscar, uh, of course, Oscar, just go in there and do your thing. All right, cool, and she's always great. Kyrie left a little to be desired because like, the whole marching down to the ring, although. I would not want to take a spinning giant trash can lid from Kyrie's hand because she looked like she had some sauce on that thing. And, you know, Bianca, there were, I mean, just from the very start, you see that they didn't do stuff to make Becky look weird. I mean, she looked fantastic in terms of her makeup and hair. I was like, my God, they finally got Becky Lynch right in the back. It was great. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I absolutely adored that match. Yeah. Great match. Um, other than that, I mean, the matches, the other matches, the fillers in between war games were solid. 
I thought. I did nothing spectacular. They made people think Miz might win the Intercontinental title against Gunther, and that was amazing. That was amazing. I Again, I just think that they needed to go. It would have been more fun. Heavier? If, yeah, heavier with him cheating and stuff. Okay. That, that essentially Miz is going to try to beat Gunther by being a heel. Uh, the, the fresh spin on the Gunther defense here, because Gunther basically always operates as the heel. Miz is the little underdog, you know, cheater weasel heel. And he's going to try to use every weasel trick that he knows in his book, being a veteran and everything on Gunther. I think my only pushback of that was the story was that he's, <laughs> he's more than just an entertainer. He's an actual good wrestler. Oh, I know. And then so, he was a nerd that, that, that go home promo on raw where he's like, you are just a little nerd. Uh, like just like, like all <laughs> of them. I held at that promo. Um, I know. I, I, I won. I, I, I just didn't, I didn't want him to try to be like, I'm the man of the people, Miz. Cause I, yeah. I, don't, I don't care about Miz of the people. No. And I don't care about Babyface Miz. Cause you always know right. he's coming back home at some point. Right. That's what, and that's why I think, and I, I think, I think he's just, he's tried to weasel his way through this. Yeah. Match. I think, I think that would have been, I mean, if he just tore Uyano his way yeah. through, I mean, he came close here, but you wanted kind of more of that even, you know, bring Maurice out for a distraction spot, bring, you know, let him go through all the tricks he's ever done as a heel and, and yes. do that. Okay. Every, every single, like every single trick that he can kind of come up with, like he, he comes up with a ref bump spot. Like in, in, I think the crowd would be on board with it just because it's the Miz dethroning, you know, you know what I mean? He's still trying to break his streak and people want to see Gunther lose. I don't think you lose the crowd with this one. Uh, Santos Escobar and Dragon Lee. It was short. It was good. It never got to a, never got to that second level like the Dragon Lee match on uh, on SmackDown uh, against who? What was the really good match he had? Was it this week or last week? I can't remember. But it might have been Cedric Alexander. Might have been somebody else. But I think it was Cedric Alexander. Yeah. Um, Santos is. I mean, Santos Escobar is such, so great. I, I I absolutely love watching him work, and him being a dick heel now. Uh, I I hope I hope that they don't, they just don't have Legato del Fantasma get back together with him. I'm I'm kind of hoping he just sticks out on his own, or he finds other people to team with, and stuff. But yeah. uh, I want I want a little bit more out of this match, but it was fine for what it was. Dragon Lee eats a pin. Uh, didn't get to do a lot that was too spectacular for Dragon Lee. It, it almost fe- it felt like a throw-in match in terms of because it was originally scheduled to be Carlito, and then they decided to put Dragon Lee in there. The surprising thing to me was that Santos won. That uh, too. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I was surprised that Santos won watching the match. I was like, oh, Dragon Lee is going to come over. I was kind of disappointed because it's like Santos – in all of his various iterations, going back to King Cuerno as someone who I've been kind of like rooting for career-wise for a long time. I think he's definitely better as a heel than a baby face. They never had anything for him creatively. His promo was fantastic on the go-home SmackDown, though. <laughs> Ray, I hope I hope they have to amputate your leg. It was a nice little uh I I don't hope you come back. I hope I hope the surgery wasn't successful. I hope they have to amputate your leg. It wouldn't work. It would just grow back like that eye. 
That's one of that's that's part of that standing with Rey Mysterio. He that's can his superpower. He can regrow limbs. Yeah. Um Zoe and, and Rhea, I mean, the crowd knew ahead of time that Rhea, right. that Zoe wasn't winning this, but I thought Zoe did pretty well here. Um the problem is uh, she has a she has that weird anti charisma like Baron Corbin does, where it's like, uh, and because they've already turned her like three times, people don't know whether to get behind her or not. She has that kind of problem too. Um, I, I'm just trying to figure out a cure for Zoe Stark because she's still, I mean, she's solid in the ring. She she was absolutely solid tonight, I thought too, and 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 all the uh, e- even some of the melodrama she had to do kind of hit with me. I, I just. Does she does she need to lead a stable? Does she? I mean, you know what I'd do with her? I'd make her like a light version of the Ken Shamrock "Get Out of My Way" push. Okay, that she just has like this ability to snap and like this extra intensity thing because she can definitely wrestle that style, and I think it would build her up as like uh, whether I mean whether operating kind of functionally as a heel I think one you kind of commit her as a baby face but a baby face with a bit of an edge and then two when you needed her operate as a heel like obviously it would make sense too she can be very no nonsense I wanted that Shayna Baszler team and I wanted them to have a run with the titles I I, I didn't Uh, understand that getting rid of that just because Nia Jax came back but uh... (laughs) well Nia Jax is certainly uh she's not like most girls. No, she's not. Uh <laughs> not not like most on the roster. Who'd she have the match with this week on Raw? Cause yeah. uh that that was uh that was tough. Oh, Raquel the match. Yeah. Yeah, that was um her and Raquel have been having matches like almost every week now though. It's kind of weird. It's like I know going back to this. You know, uh, and a lot of wrestlers, a lot of wrestlers sort of improve week over week, especially with those repeated pairings. And it's always, I think, uh, an interesting thing to observe that that doesn't tend to happen with Nia. Just to circle back, uh, I'm going to give more flowers to Bailey because I forgot to. She was the glue that kept that entire match together, too. I mean, she was doing the little thing. She had all the spots planned out. It's like, yo, don't, don't, don't walk off the ropes with the, with the, with the garbage can there. And the only reason I say that is because it's like, yes, repeated matches against Nia Jax may not improve you, but repeated matches against Bailey definitely would. So <laughs> put all the new kids against Bailey for a few weeks and see if they improve a bit. Um, and then the men's war games, which it was fine. I, I, I didn't find it you know, great, but it, you know, it told the stories it wanted to tell. God bless JD McDonough. He is now dead. <laughs> Taking the RKO off the cage. But I mean, did you have any strong thoughts one way or another about that men's war games? The the feeling of being underwhelmed. So finally squared off. Like, it just wasn't very intense. Uh, uh, Jay doesn't seem to have a real reaction to Drew being upset about this. And Drew's reason for being upset is reasonable enough. That you can't get mad at him. You can't fully get mad at him. And yeah. it makes, it's consistent and it makes sense. And then Jay doesn't, 
do things in, like when they're like, well, Drew, Jay's never really apologized to Drew. That's true. I think it would have actually meant a lot prior to this match leading into this match. If like Jay had been and essentially Drew had been an ass every time that Jay tried to do that to him. So that like the, the, there wasn't an actual bill you know contrition and and that would make drew seem like a jerk at this point going in there going he never apologized to me when like the actual terms of apology were so absurd that no one could reasonably agree to them or to apologize and drew go i don't care (laughs) right right like like with or, or like that it's past apology actually that's a better way of putting it that drew's all like this is past apologies your apology is too uh, you know, and I, and I hate you. Uh, like, okay, um, that's that's a good heel motivation. I just they made that a climax spot in the match, and it just didn't land with me. Uh, the RKO grand tributes or the uh, r- ring rope drape uh, DDT tribute spot was for me to cute by half it's weird it's like eo sky jumping off the top in the trash can and everyone has to catch her oh okay that's fine i'm fine with that uh, the drapey ddt thing and everyone doing it it in synchronicity mm, didn't hit for me um but i mean the match the match certainly did what it needed to do it did it but it also it's like JD McDonough takes this giant RKO off of the cage. And then Randy just looks at 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 Cody and says, do a crossroads on on, on Damian Priest. And that's the end. Okay. I mean, JD McDonough is just lying there dead, and nobody wants to pin him. It's no, let's pick up this other guy and do a move and do it. It just it, it felt like this whole thing was supposed to revolve around Cody's leadership and his ability to lead. And oh, I got Randy Orton on this team, and you know this will help build me up to the the bigger star going into the Rumble season and going into WrestleMania. And it doesn't. Right. Because he, because so, then he I also got in on something here. That this is good. What did this do for Cody Rhodes? Yeah, because not only did okay, he gets the pin, but it's like a fake pin off of a move that wasn't as big as the other one. I mean, if he had done three crossroads, maybe, maybe that would. Uh, but then he gets upstage right afterwards. By two names, by two names. One by Randy Orton. Yeah, the, the big Randy Orton return honestly was obviously more of the center uh, of the match. Uh, sort of taking away from Cody Rhodes. It's like, can Cody Rhodes lead? Yeah, but like, who do we do the six-person tribute spot to? Randy, not Cody. Right. Uh, it would have been a lot more if like, I don't know, for whatever reason, Randy was like, no, let's all do Cody's, you know, signature crossroads spot and everyone does a crossroads. That's yeah, like, and, and, that's the handing of the torch. And then you have CM Punk. And then the- CM Punk. Right. But even, but even before that, I mean, they mentioned on commentary, this is Cody Rhodes's first time in a war games match other than, you know, the blood and guts match he was in before, I believe in AEW, but didn't do any dusty tribute spots. Didn't do really, you know, anything that should have been played up a lot more, at least in the psychology of putting the match together. I would think if you're going to put Cody over as, as the star of the match, I guess. And it was just, yeah, it's, it's, 
it's so weird that it's like we're assuming they they're going to quote unquote finish the story at WrestleMania, and I'm looking at this and I'm going, they're building up a lot more contenders to slide into that main event spot in WrestleMania and and to tell Cody, well, you know, you've had a good run. Let let's put you in a secondary feud with like Gunther <laughs> on night two. I, I it's it's one of those things where if I'm Cody Rhodes, I'm starting to I'm starting to have doubts that that I'm going to be able to finish the story. Yeah, right. You could totally see them trying to pitch. Will you be the guy who breaks Gunther's 600-day streak as Intercontinental Champion as, like, the big yeah. – You're not going to break Roman's, you know, whatever-day streak because they might be going for, you know, multi-year thing. I, I mean, are, are they? Like, that That to me increasingly becomes a question, like, how much longer do they want to keep the belt on Roman? If you're going to make – Cody Rhodes, a legend, an actual legend, a big time deal. He has to beat Roman this WrestleMania. No yeah. question. Yeah. You, you can't, you can't win. Has to. If you're going to decide that, well, maybe Randy or CM Punk or Braun Breaker <laughs> or, so, I mean, in actuality, only two people can beat Roman Reigns, either a guy from NXT that you're bringing up to win, to crown him. Or Cody Rhodes. Otherwise, it's just a guy who's already a big star, and he gets the and he gets the win, and he becomes the savior of WWE. That that's the only two I could see. <laughs> Unless you're gonna do it. You're to like saying a, Trick Williams has a chance. I'm saying Trick Williams has a chance. Actually, actually, that would not be out of the realm of possibility. Solo Sokoa could still be on that tail, but I just don't see that. You know, it, it's one of those. I, yeah, things. no, I mean, Trick, Trick's actually really good, and he's really improved this year. I was just. Yeah. Uh, well, no, I know you're being facetious, but well, at the it's same like time. Carmelo. You know, I love both those guys, but it's like. Look, I love Mello, but let's 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 get real here. Uh, the WWE yeah. thought process is still there, no matter who's running it. And the big guy with charisma is going to get the better shot at it than Carmelo. It, it, it That's just the way it is. It's, and you know, there's no shame in that necessarily, but at the same time, you know, Carmelo is not going to get the crown at his first WrestleMania. He's going to, he's going to be working. He's going to be the guy who, who gets an intercontinental title run. He's going to get the U S title run before he gets a shot at the big time. And they're going to see how he reacts to a loss. And they're going to do all the testing things that they do in WWE, even when Vince wasn't there. So, you know, we'll see. Uh, but we do have other news other than Survivor Series, but uh, any other Survivor Series lingering thoughts? Um, I just think that the CM Punk signing is probably going to go a lot smoother here at WWE than it do- than it did at AEW. I think like he I, I think the people who think that this is going to suddenly like implode or whatever are probably going to be sorely disappointed no because i think punk's here for a different reason i think punk went to aew to help the younger talent and and he wanted to build something and he wanted to build something to take on wwe and people weren't going to come along with him here he's just going to be an actor in a play and he's going to be the star knock on my door when it's my time to come out uh if somebody wants to be mentored fine my door is always open but I'm not here to play politics. I'm not here to have my own territory. I'm just here to get paid and to get revenge. That's what I'm here for. I think he's more focused here as opposed to 
trying to help. I don't think he's going to be playing politics. I don't think he's going to be. He may not even speak to anybody. <laughs> right. Yeah, I could just see him being very um, aloof. Brock. Like, he could be Brock in this case. Yeah. I mean, like a little more active than that. Like he'll be active in his storylines, but, you know, it's not going to be like AEW where everyone gets to play politician. Yeah. He's got, he's, he's not there. He's not there to get his creative juices uh, fulfilled. He's there. He's there to do the part. He's there to be the star of the movie. And it's not a movie that he's involved in rewriting or producing or anything like that. He's just there to say his lines, say thank you and leave. That's yeah. And and that might be better for him because I think it's the politics of things that, that always gets him. It's what's got him in WWE the first time with, with, you know, triple H and HBK talking about him behind his back and all those other things. Yeah. I, I think it'll be better for him. I think the discourse is going to be interminable. <laughs> AEW fans are going to be seething at this. And why? What What? What did you expect? Did you expect him to just go home and sulk the whole time? Uh, no, I, I mean, this is this is the classic move. Like, you, you, you know, you break up with someone and you just assume that, like, their life, you know, like, they that they sort of explode. You know, like, I always, uh, the, the image that always comes to mind is you'd appreciate this. From Aqua Teen Hunger Force, whenever they discard an item and it just falls to the ground and explodes. <laughs> like one of my favorite gags in that entire show. Like, because rather than just have it be on there, they just do an explosion. Like, that's how people sort of think, like, people go when you cut them out of your life. Well, okay, that person just, you know, obviously, you know, exited stage left and you know, there that's the end of that. No. It's going to be really hard for her to get over me. Nope. Boning some dude who's hotter than you. That's, I love the Aqua Teen Hunger Force thing. I was trying to think of a Hall and Oates connection to make, but I couldn't right now. <laughs> Do you hear about that? No. Daryl Hall got a restraining order against John Oates. Oh, Cause God. Because I, I, I think, uh, well, he's also been talking some smack well, yeah, about him of late. And out of time now, it seems. Yes. <laughs> but I think it also has to do with money. I think Hall's been maybe hoarding it a bit or keeping some away from John Oates. And now John, Oates and you think Oates might've hired some private eyes <laughs> and a man eater too. Yes. Uh, mine were, you know, like at least structured. Yeah. Well, I mean, I couldn't think of something, <laughs> you know, I, I could try and make a method of modern love joke, but oh, I, I mean, it, it's sad that you bring this up. I would just say, I, I hope you will say it isn't so. Yes. Okay. Other news, because uh, we still haven't gone over full gear. We'll get to that in the other half of the Lazy River. But uh, Will Ospreay is signed with AEW. Ospreay noted he still has commitments to New Japan through the end of January and would debut on the Revolution pay-per-view. Well, <laughs> seems, you know, maybe everybody's getting what they want here. WWE fans get a big-time star and... AEW fans get a really, really good wrestler, Chris. Sarah Smile is another song that that's Hall and a good Oates song. Wrote. I like that. Yeah, I like She's Gone. I think that's my yeah. She oh, name. She's Gone's a banger. Yeah. Uh, Will Osprey. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, very exciting. He can talk. He's fine. That might help. I mean, it might it help might, him. It might help him. Uh. I don't know. He enters into what is a narrative cluster 
in AEW, and it's kind of like, can anyone, can any one new character addition make the overall meta plot of the show make sense? I don't know. Uh, Osprey will have some nice matches along the way, undoubtedly. He might even have a. I, I certainly, you know, if I was a betting man, would assume that he'll have a better title feud than Jay White did. But, you know, uh, Jay White's certainly not someone who's confidence inspiring, or the, the Jay White saga is not confidence inspiring when I'm looking at Will Ospreay's potential. Also, uh, well, I mean, it. it... <laughs> Also, we have yet to uh, comment on on this one. Um, AEW began its Continental Classic on AEW. It's a it's homage to the G One. Two groups of six having round robin matches. Top two in each division will face each other uh, at uh, AEW Dynamite before World's End. With the top person from each group fighting each other at <laughs> World's End. Gold Group, Mark Briscoe, John Moxley, Roosh, Jay White, Jay Lethal, and Swerve Strickland all wrestling on Dynamite. Blue Group will all be wrestling on Collision. They are Brian Danielson, Andrade El Idolo, Gar- Daniel Garcia, Claudio Castagnoli, Brody King, and Eddie Kingston. Wrestling fans getting what they want. They've always wanted G1. Uh, yeah, it, it will except also at the be... end of this, like everyone's going to have seen the gold group, and like half the fan base is going to have seen the blue group. Yes, and then and then it's also for a triple crown, which will consist of a newly formed uh, continental title from from AEW of some kind, uh, the Ring of Honor heavyweight title, and the New Japan Strong title because Eddie Kingston came out and said those titles are on the line now. So, um. Yeah, that's that's the weird thing, isn't it? They think that Brian Danielson wrestling these matches are going to be the draw for Saturday. I I haven't seen any of the spoilers from Collision tonight because it was run the same time as Survivor Series. I just didn't want to do double duty. But uh, yeah, I mean, look, it's it's what it's interesting because it's almost overcorrecting in a way because a lot of the AEW faithful have rebelled against this for lack of a better term, melodrama stories that they've started putting in into, into Dynamite quite a bit. And they just won the wrestling. And so Tony Khan came up with a tournament for them that'll be just nothing but good wrestling. And it was on Dynamite, admittedly. And, and it serves an important function of actually consolidating down the, some of these titles so that it's not just a show where everybody has a prop belt. Yeah. So, you know, I, I mean, like, they're... It offers uh, narrative coherence to uh, Dynamite and also Collision. Like, you know what you're getting on these shows. Uh, the problem for me in some of these, like, you know, I look at these brackets and I can't say, I'm like, oh boy, can't wait to see these. And then the other thing that you'd think that Tony Khan would know in wanting to import G1 ism into, you know, the show would be that the matches have to be like a certain level of intense and the good G1s, you know, uh, especially like, you know, when everyone was really into the G1, like 10 years ago, uh, eight years ago, I mean, people still watch it, but you you know, like when it was really kind of popular on the wrestling commentariat side, those matches were stiff as hell. They were they, stiff. 
they were intense man. they set up matches for the rest of the year that's the one thing that yeah. this match that this tournament probably won't have that the g1 has is that ghetto obsesses over this tournament all year and he plots it out meticulously to then plot out other feuds for the rest of the year for new japan i don't think tony khan did that no no how i, I mean th- i think yeah. tony khan has it plotted out but I don't see, you know, I don't see a match in this tournament leading to something, you know, at all out next year or something like that. No. I mean, you 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 hope, I mean, my hope would be that at least something serves the function in a feud here going ahead. But these are the key things that are missing and, and why it kind of feels like the soap impression is that like, you need to be able to wrestle at a certain level of stiffness and intensity. You need to have the G one or your G one substitute serve as this really interesting narrative vehicle. And you have all those subplots, as you said, ghetto, like his G ones, his best G ones were these tightly wound clocks. They're masterfully booked. Like, so well thought out. They have interplay that goes into Wrestle Kingdom the following year. Uh, In some cases, like, you know, like Okada eats a pinfall, and that sets up feuds for later on in the year, too. Uh, It gives, it, it, it offers so many interesting opportunities narratively, but you, those all have to be done. And otherwise, you're just having really good matches. But then, even then, the G1 level of really good matches that the work of G1 with like the, the exception of uh who's the guy I, I oh man <clears throat> used to like just like basically take people outside the ring and like kind of kick them lazily wore like fancy big poofy pants uh bad luck valet no not valet. no he was small too he wasn't like he wasn't small he was like mid-sized uh oh my god like, well, it had a lot more people, so you had yeah, that. Yeah, you had, a, you, had a, you had a few, like, lazy guys. But, like, I mean, we're talking, like, peak Shibata and that sort of thing. Yeah, and, and people would get injured during that course of, of the tournament, too, and you'd have to replace them or, you know, something to that effect. I, yeah, we'll see if Brian Danielson can get through having at least five bangers with, with <laughs> like, Andrade again and Claudio and Garcia. God knows those are going to be stiff. We'll, we'll see. Uh, Ronda Rousey did a one shot in ROH, teaming with Marina Shafir versus Athena and Billy Starks. That, uh, according to people who watch it, over delivered. There are no further plans for Ronda Rousey being in there, but that, uh, that was interesting. See, seeing those results, that was taped at the forum, um, on the night of collision and, and rampage, <clears throat> I believe. But yeah, she, uh, she did a one shot in ROH, does not appear to be coming to AEW anytime soon, but I would assume that door would be opened. Man. (laughs) I, especially in watching this timeless Tony Storm thing this week and then thinking about the Ronda and ROH thing, like, is this company kind of at a place where Ronda would help them? I think the answer might be yes, just because this timeless Tony Storm thing is such a dead end. This is a very dead end character. I'm not interested in watching the timeless Tony Storm style of match. Uh, 
This is this is all. I mean, it's 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 kind of like the Million Dollar Man in uh, WWF back in the day, only like with an actual title belt instead of the Million Dollar Belt. She had a she had a weapon hanging out of her tights when she hit <laughs> Sheeta. I just. Uh, yeah, I'll I'll get into that when we get into full gear. Uh, let me let me finish up the news because this is the last one, and I I gave you a hint that this was coming, but here we go. <clears throat> Being the elite is officially over. Uh, also, uh, the young bucks are taking some time, a little bit of time away from wrestling, but in the meantime, they have now trademarked KTB Wrestling, as in killing the business wrestling. For merch and super dick party, although KTB is not part of the AEW stable idea, and right now is for AEW projects, they look to be doing a heel group with Brandon Cutler. Colt Cabana's name has been mentioned, but that doesn't appear to be a certainty. But yes, they have now trademarked Killing the Business, which is something that Jim Cornette says that they've been doing for years, and super dick party. It looks like we're going hard into heelish, Young Bucks, which is, I don't know. Um, I, I've seen this act in PWG, and it gets over in PWG, but it's it's also the ironic heelness where it's like they just do suck it, crotch chops, and super kicks for an entire match, and it just gets more and more ridiculous as as they continue. Uh, but it looks like uh, looks like that whole rumor about the Punk Camp or not the punk camp, but the Bucks camp, which is based on the punk camp. I think you're right. I think, I think both camps are going to go hard petty. I think we're going hard petty on both sides here. I, I just think that whatever punk does, like, especially what he'll do is he'll lightly port this onto the judgment day. Like, like they'll pick up just like little brief, small echoes of it into their characterization that might be so small that it goes even over our heads and it really only lands for the Bucks. Whereas I'm just assuming, like as a guess, like if he's shooting with the Judgment Day, uh, whereas the Bucks are going to be laying this thing on really, really thick. And you're also going to need to have micro crap that you probably didn't care about at the time and probably aren't up on probably really don't. I mean, it's like, I I think, I think they are going to overstay their welcome very quickly with this heel iteration of their character. Uh, But, and also I'm with you, their matches as the heel version of this, it's all, it's less high flying moves I mean, or, or they'll still do them, but then more obnoxious, like super kick, like sort of jokey wokey sort of stuff. It's going to be a lot like, I think the, uh, but it won't be as good as the, the Mick Foley when he went anti-hardcore in ECW. Where where it's like, uh, uh, where he's he's like trying to be a technical wrestler in ECW instead of doing the hardcore stuff because he feels the, the fans have turned on him and just want him to get hurt all the time. Um, this actually makes for a good segue into our lazy river of wrestling criticism. Um, because we're now into ice cold takes on, on full gear. I actually really like that young bucks versus Kenny Omega and Chris Jericho match mostly for the young bucks. 
I, I thought they were really good in that match. Uh, you know, Jericho was fine. Kenny Omega was fine, but I thought the Bucks made that match what it was. Um, but I didn't think it was that bad. Uh, overall, the pay-per-view. I'll grab that too. I thought it worked. Like so much of my complaints about the Bucks is that they don't have matches that serve a narrative story. I don't like the story, but this absolutely was like the right way to write this kind of chapter. Yeah. So I, I can't, I can't think the book is going to be stupid. If that oh. makes sense. Okay. Uh, but overall thoughts on the pay-per-view, I, I did not like the pay-per-view. It just didn't hit with me in terms of an overall pay-per-view experience. I thought the, the parts of it were really good. And then it kind of got excessive at times. Like, like for example, I, I really liked the Texas death match between Swerve and Hangman. Up until the point where it looked like Hangman, you know, Hangman does the power bomb of through the barbed wire on on the on the table in there. You know, he's come back, he's done his strong. Here's the finish. One, two, and we're going to yet another Nana save swerve spot. And it keeps going. And then Swerve ends up winning. And I'm like, what? That that to me made no narrative sense given I had Swerve win. You did. You you get you, you, you can take your you can take your victory lap here. I just thought that was ridiculous though. Given it wasn't the, the right move. No, it wasn't. Because <laughs> but I, that's you broke the... into the man's house. You broke into the man's house and threatened his child. <laughs> but the but the match itself was great. And I didn't mind the blood all that much, although the drinking the blood, you know, I'm kind of with everybody. I thought that was a little excessive excessiveness, but I didn't, I didn't offend me to the point of turning it off, but it's like, I'm watching it. Okay. This is, this is a great hardcore match. They're killing each other. This is cool. Here comes Hankman's comeback. Boom, boom, boom. And now we have yet a, another chapter of Swerve getting heat and then Swerve gets the win. And I went, what? You know, I it just, you know, I like to let me uh let me pull it up. You you give me some your thoughts on some things on the pay per view. Um. All right. So for me, like the show basically kind of picks show, and and like it, it it wasn't the only thing where I I kind of lost steam, and and I think this is not going to surprise you. I the multi man ladder matches just don't do it for me. I I agree. I, 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 I can't just... keep my focus, dude. I it just I don't. I don't know if it's age or whatever, but like, I, I just feel like it is subtraction by, by addition. Every time I watch one of these multi-man things, you know what it is for me? It's that it feels like the teams are just setting up stunt spots and not trying to win the actual match. And it drives me nuts. I didn't think this needed to be a ladder match. I didn't even think this needed to be a multi-team match. Just give, Give Starks and Big Bill a team to to build a story around in a match and do it that way. Yeah, uh, although, you know, some of the spots, I mean, look, uh, Cash Wheeler killed himself a few times, you know, on la- on some of those landings there. I Yeah, but I, I'm with you there. I uh, Let's see. Kind I, of like weird meta thought on ladder matches, right? I think you need no more than three teams, and – each team needs to have a distinct way that they're going to try to win the match. So it's like kind of almost like a, 
stealing the template from the classic Canna Barbera cartoon, Wacky Races. Uh, every team... Another favorite of mine. Please, you're just in all my sweet spots. Go ahead. Every team needs to have a distinct strategy to how they're going to get to the win. And like yes. that, that needs to be... And they can reassess mid-match or whatever. But I, I think in order to make these multi-team matches not just feel like we are doing you know, set pieces. Every, everyone needs to have a sort of meta strategy. And I, that, that's the other thing. I don't think that's possible with four teams. Um, I think you can only do that with three teams. So it's like three teams or less should be the other kind of uh, convention. And I think the whole story set up by the pre-show with the guns pilmanizing MJF's leg and sending him to the hospital. And then and then Adam Cole on crutches takes the match as if one guy on one leg could do a better job than another guy on one leg in a world title match. And then the whole, he stole an ambulance and came back to do the match. I don't know, dude. That's stone cold crap. I don't, I, I that's WWE crap. I don't want to see it. It didn't interest me all that much. It didn't. It also doesn't sell the fact that they they pilmanized the leg. That used to be an injury that put you out for months. Now it's a two-hour rush job. You you can. That, that's just it for me. Is that injuries and the and the brutality of these matches just don't matter, because everybody's going to show up the next week and be fine, or show up later in the show and be fine. I mean. I just thought that whole angle made everybody look dorky too. Yes. One, the guns are incompetent. Two, Adam Cole just gets to go out and defend the world title. <laughs> like, can we stop there? Real quick? How do you get cleared for this? Like, how? Like, like, what sense does that make? Why would he be able to do that? Like, MJF. Uh, the only way he should be able to do that is if MJF wants him to be able to do that. But like, you know, like there would have to be some sort of clause already extant and he's trying to execute it. Then MJF pauses him from doing that. Uh, I, I, this was so goofy and so TV angle. Yes. That, that it, it, it's funny because with one breath, it's like, oh, AEW is the serious wrestling show. Look, they're doing like a proxy G1 thing. And then on the other hand, you look at the main event world title angle and it trends into goofiness, like Rube Goldberg-like devices and like weird begged questions that you find yourself not able to come up with sort of any sort of satisfaction. I think you said it best in our pre-talk. It's like, it was a raw angle. It was, it was, here's the, here's the angle at the beginning of the show. And then for the end, MJF will come back in the ambulance and the glass will break and da 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 And he'll come back and be stone cold MJF. It'll be great. Yeah, and he he ends up beating uh, Farouk from the Nation of Domination in his world title match there, and I mean that, that that's that's sort of where at the end of the Jay White feud, Jay White comes in for me. Like I know they did the rebuild match on Dynamite. That's certainly better than not doing a rebuild match on Dynamite. But uh, Jay White and the Bullet Club, like a mid card heel stable. That's, yeah. 
Yeah, like like the, all this talk about like maybe you know Juice Robinson's gonna no no like like no like this is this is the end of that. Do some quick hits on some of the other stuff. I watched the pre-show. I thought the pre-show had better matches than the actual card at times because Eddie Kingston versus Jay Lethal was a fun match for the world title for ROH. Claudio versus Buddy Matthews was also fun, but it's just like. I watch Claudio. I'm like, that guy has the most hard hitting offense that does absolutely no damage to anybody. And I've mentioned this on the show before. It's just like, he's doing European uppercuts and throwing guys up and hitting them in the face. And they're just coming back and doing moves after that. I'm just like, my God, how, how can Claudio ever get over as a badass if, if you never sell his offense? It, 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 it makes me sound like Cornette so much. So I don't want to get too much. Into no, but it. I'm, I'm sorry. Like a uh, pickup pick up and actually wallop him with an uppercut like he should be getting ko's on that occasionally yeah i like, agree like th- those should actually just lights out people the the six man between sting darby and adam copeland versus the patriarchy was what it should have been <laughs> christian cage just being the dirt worst heel leaving everybody to die i love that um, I, he is so entertaining even when like what they're broadly doing isn't entertaining he just always knows how to maximize whatever his role in the scene is yeah i'm gonna we may touch on him and after we get through this for other lazy river stuff because i don't have a lot for nxt i didn't think nxt was that great uh orange cassidy defeat john moxley fun match well match cassidy was good yeah uh, toneless, timeless Tony Storm beating Sheeta was stupid, and and not because of the result of the match, but the, the fact that she had like a frying pan hanging out of her ass, and 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 it's it's right there, and Aubrey can see it, and she has to pretend like she doesn't. It just it was too much planning. It was too much clever by half stuff. Uh, yeah, I I and I don't see her as a good champion. I, I see her as a good character, but not a good champion. Right. No, I just think she's she's a fine character, but like, remember uh, in NXT UK, who's uh Nina Nina Samuels? Yes, the Nina Samuel like, show. Yes, Nina Samuels was fantastic. She shouldn't have been champion, but Nina no. Sam, Nina Samuels was like fantastic. Tony Storm should basically be doing like a Nina Samuels level act. You know, you know who this is a Nina Samuels level act is a better way of putting this. Ariana Grace in NXT is the same way. Fantastic character. Everybody should take a shower with soap. I laugh. She should never be champion ever. Um, Yeah. Santino's kid. Uh, The ladder match we went over. Julia Hart beat Chris Statlander in sky blue. Woof. Um, <laughs> certainly a match that was on my it was a match that several happened. minutes. Yes. Yeah, it happened. It definitely happened. Yes. Uh, Texas Death Match again. I liked it. It was just one save too many by Nana. <laughs> Nana getting way too over. Uh, Golden Jets and Young Bucks. We went over, and then MJF against Jay White. Again, the match itself wasn't bad. I mean, MJF. MJF worked his ass off. not a real off. wrestling match. No, he worked his ass off. But, like, this was not the singles classic. This is not the, uh, like, the singles classic that, you know, Jay White sort of been promising. This was like a skit. And Jay White came off really as upper mid card. He came off very, very mid. Okay. I, I would and, agree. And, and, 
And MJF's whole point at the beginning of this, that without all the additional smoke and mirrors and all the additional accoutrements, what you get is tofu. It actually kind of is sort of my lasting impression. Oh, no. Come on. This is a tofu feud. This is a tofu feud. Yes, a tofu feud. Anyone could have done this. Yes, no, I agree there. you, You do a jump angle at the beginning of the show with two goons. And then, like, yes, MJF, for his part, worked his butt off. But anybody could have been the you know the i'm taking advantage of the wounded animal guy i I relent the point because you're absolutely correct on this uh yeah i i uh yeah yeah i yeah and then it just it just rang so false and there was nothing about the devil on here and whatever but uh i'm sorry jay white should have been able to pick off mjf mjf has not been presented as this like world killer he's been presented as a credible champion if he was really that to your point about the pilmanization if he was really that injured Jay, and Jay White's really this good, then Jay White should have been able to pick him apart with like relative ease. Uh, I'm going to start on the rest of the Lazy River because I'm just going to do three quick hits about AEW Dynamite because I thought it was a fairly good show. Um, Wait, do you have any guesses right now on who the devil is? I think it's Jack Perry. You think it's Jack Perry? It sounded like him, at least. It sounded like that was a guy laughing, but I still, yeah, I'm still going with, I'm still going with it's Britt Baker and Adam Cole I, somehow doing all this. I don't know. I mean, Adam Cole was out there at this point. It's like so it's Britt, it, 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 they're, but they're in cahoots. I, it, it's it's one of those things. It has to be okay. You like kind of like the scream thing where there's two killers. Yes, I'm still going with there's two devils here. Okay. But that, but that Adam Cole is helping Brit in some way. Adam Cole stole the mask from MJF because that's the only person who was in the locker room who could have done it. I think. Uh, but I mean, unless. Yeah, who do know. you? Well, who do you think it is? Because I thought it might be CM Punk for a while. Uh, no, it's very interesting. I, I don't have, I don't have a good answer. I, I'm liking the Jack Perry guess. I mean, I, I will say that they've at least made me wonder who it could be. They've given you enough red herrings on purpose where it can be a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> at one point, I even thought it was going to be MJF himself, but they, they sort of like backed off of that, which is good because that would have been stupid. That would have been stupid. It would have been very stupid, but they did seem like it seemed like they were going that direction for at least a minute there. Uh, it's clear. It's, I, I don't think it's, I mean, it's going to be a foe, right? Like it's not going to be, it, it, I don't think MJF is in cahoots with the devil. I think is the, no, no I think the, the foe, the devil is definitely going to be an adversary. Uh, but I don't know. I, Jack Perry might be, it's gotta be somebody who they've been keeping off screen. Yeah. I, I don't, and look that, I think it's going to be a reveal to your point. Like it's not going to be. It's not going to be Wardlow because they've got Wardlow, but Wardlow's going to be in cahoots with the devil. Um, and there'll be people who've made a deal with the devil. Uh, that sort of thing. Yep. Uh, my my three quick hits on this week's Dynamite. Number one, Christian understands the assignment. He's so good at being a heel. We went over this during uh, the the full gear stuff, but my God, that, that promo where it's like, you get on your knees. No, you don't. You're better than him. 
I'm, I'm loving him playing the two children against each other. Uh, whole thing. Uh, he's great. And, and there's two wrestlers that I just, I, I love them to death. And I just, I want them to feud someday and to just beat the crap out of each other. And that is Samoa Joe, who is just, I would belt Samoa Joe at this point. Joe is so good on promos. He is so good wrestling. He's such a good mean guy. And I love watching Roosh just stiff the hell out of people. I, I want a Joe Roosh feud for some reason. Just just a meat feud where the two just chop the crap out of each other and throw each other into things. That's all I got. Go ahead. Yeah, Joe Joe versus MJF is really interesting. Uh, and, and it makes you want, I, like, I, it feels like the devil's going to be instrumental in MJF losing the belt. So it's like almost, I feel like whoever's going to win the title is going to win the title sort of because of the devil situation. But I love that Joe addressed that. I love that Joe said, oh, you make me worry about the devil, but I got your back until then. You're my property. When he said you're my property, I just, I howl because that's just like that's like, you're my prison bitch. Get in here and grab my pocket, and I'll walk you around the yard and protect you. Um, so they're they're working within that reality. I, I, I mean, Joe might be part of it too. I mean, that could always be right. Right, you know what I mean? Like, like uh, that would actually be Joe being part of it would be a very fun narrative device leading into this. Like, he's not even the leader, but the the idea of sort of like the first sort of salvo is to try to belt joe I'd, be- bel- I'd belt joe on the 30th of december i would i think he's the, he's the most credible champion they could possibly have in this company yeah i i mean does the devil need to be the wrestler like can he be a manager it's tully blanchard <laughs> there it is well, no, I mean that that's that's the other thing I was kind of thinking about. Is like, you know, maybe maybe it makes more sense that the devil is more like a Dario Cueto character, like pulling strings and oh, shit. Oh, but that would be Tony Khan then. I mean, that's the only guy that could be that where everybody would, well, you would Oh you would my god. That. Yeah, it would just suck. Let's not do that. Let's make it a Listen up, thing. everybody. It is me, the devil. <laughs> and I have been the devil all along. That's right, Tony Khan. And MJF, you thought that you had me over the barrel, but you tricked tr- tricked me the wrong way, and uh, I'm gonna get you, buddy. I'm gonna get you, buddy. That's how we go. That. <laughs> oh dear Lord, it's your turn on the lazy river. Wherever you want to go. Uh, I guess we can go into NXT. Um, <laughs> I, like, what NXT like, would you want to talk about? Possibly, I, I don't know. I'm like, I'm just like kind of combing it. Like Tiffany Stratton and uh, Briggs. Uh, yeah, right. Uh, fantastic stuff. Uh, I mean, I get. I mean, really, I guess the the big intrigue here is like the Carmelo Hayes. Trick Williams stuff like that's that's kind of the real through line of the show. Um, everything else, everything else really was just here. Uh, and r- right down to the Lyra Valkyria and Zia Lee thing. Boy, did I not care about this match. I just Zia Lee. Zia Lee's had a week though, where it's like she's still. They're trying with her. They're 
trying. I mean, there, there's something there with her. It, it's a lot like Zoe. They don't know what to do with her. Exactly. I mean, like that tea segment last week sucked ass. I hated that thing. And we didn't bring it up, luckily, on this show. <laughs> you know, because it made it made Lyra Valkyria look like a jerk because it's like, oh, all Zaylee wants is you to drink the tea. That's all she wants. <laughs> you come in there, you just trash it. All that other stuff. Zaylee is a good enforcer character for somebody. That's what I would do with her. Um, I still think she kicks people in the face too much. Right. Um, I, I don't... <laughs> I mean, that's my, that's my thought, too, is it's like she is so wild with those kicks and I would be, you know, I, I just don't like that protector character they had with her was something. There was something on the main roster. You know, yeah. she's, she's a superhero yeah. type of thing. She comes in there, she goes in to protect people. That that's a good yeah. character for her. You know, if she wants to be somebody's, you know, enforcer. That would also be a good character for her. But the problem is she needs a mouthpiece. She can't talk and she's not good enough to be, you know, to have that Muda intrigue for American audiences. Cause she's no. already lost too much. No, no, she's lost too much. Uh, her, her, you mean part of the Muda thing too, is it was like all, all new offense and like yeah. that, that, you know, like she doesn't have that to kind of go to all the, all the signature spots have been done at this point. Um, yeah, NXT's really just there right now. You know, they're getting ready to bring up Braun Breaker. Trick and Carmelo, I don't know, it feels very... I, I, I can't tell. I mean, it's very will he, won't he. And I can't tell if they've made up their mind whether Melo's, you know, behind the attack or not. Yeah, it sounds like it's gonna be a red herring and then a red I herring. I think so too. I think I think Melo's not gonna be behind it. He's just acting strange, which is gonna make not much sense in hindsight. And then what? Uh, Pillman Junior, whatever his name is, will take credit for it, but it's not gonna be him as well. <laughs> so it's gonna be the third guy that we decide who it is, and that's gonna be like so anticlimactic that it's gonna suck. Kind of a thing is after that, Lexus King is still trying to take credit for it. Yes. Even after the real killer is revealed, Lexus King, no, 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 it was really me. No, it was me. I did it. What are you talking about? (laughs) Uh, The one thing I think they did well, like I liked the, uh, I I liked the Baron Corbin video with Ilya Dragunov. They're trying to build up Baron Corbin as possibly winning in this. And, you know, I, I, Whenever Baron Corbin brags about how rich he is, I just find it hilarious because no, nobody wanted him to succeed. <laughs> I guess I don't know. It's just I have a mansion and I'm very wealthy, and I well, eat so, lots of steak. And it's important that this this set of money that he has is the one that he won from the casinos. Yes, like, yeah. Like if we <laughs> following the kayfabe here, he blew the football and wrestling money, but won it all back at a casino. Has there been a guy other than Barry Darso has had as many bad gimmicks? Although all of Baron Corbin's bad gimmicks are Baron Corbin. Like you have the Lone Wolf, you have Happy Corbin, you have Constable Corbin. That's right, Constable <laughs> Corbin. 
Uh, yeah, Jeremy had to be a constable. <laughs> County clerk of the Board of Supervisors, Corbin. He, he had so many. All right, like, I kind of, like, want to, like, look up. Lone like, Wolf, Baron Corbin. Yeah, yeah, Baron, that was, like, they were tr- still trying to make him cool. Substitute teacher, Baron Corbin. <laughs> Go on forever with just bad gimmicks. There's just Baron Corbin. Oh, are you gonna look this up? Really? Oh, oh, I'm looking. Oh, I'm looking this up. Uh, All right. Then, well, then while you do that, I'll vamp a little because because uh, AEW has uh, has a pet peeve of mine that I just absolutely hate, and I've 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 railed on WWE for doing this as well. So this is equal time. This is not me picking on AEW. The interviews that they do for social media after these uh, Continental Classic uh, matches, the promos that people are cutting are fantastic. Those need to be on TV. The one Mark Briscoe cut and the one Swerve cut were both absolutely the type of wrestling promos I want to see on a wrestling program. I don't want to see lore and storytelling and crap like that just emotion about the match and emotion about the opponent and and let them be real as opposed to this contrived crap i i'm sure you haven't seen any of them because you haven't been on x but i mean the mark briscoe one was fantastic and that's the stuff that's gonna get mark briscoe over not just him acting like a weirdo and you know making you know chicken sounds in the ring and stuff like that it's the actual emotion behind mark briscoe and why he's in this tournament and you know the chances that it could give him it it just drives me nuts when wrestling companies put the best stuff on their expanded universe platforms instead of on the television set which would help them make a better television product but that's me uh what have you now found about baron corbin you know i'm like okay uh I I'm disappointed. Apparently, one of his nicknames is the Big Breakfast, which I do not remember at all. I don't remember that one at all. Wait, what? There's, I mean, there was the whole he was the Money in the Bank guy, you know? Yes. Yeah. Um. Obviously, we have we've got Happy Corbin. Mm-hmm. We had Broke Corbin. Like I feel, you know, I forget that like Broke Corbin was actually like a, a thing. He teamed with Rhino at one point. Broke Baron Corbin. Yes. Yeah. No, he, t- he teamed with Rhino in NXT, I believe. Yeah, yeah NXT, yeah. Uh, and then he the feud with Callisto. Uh, remember that? No. No, I know. <laughs> well, like, like, I was kind of going down memory lane. I was like, oh, my God. Remember King Corbin? Yes, King Corbin. That was another yeah, nickname of his. Yeah, yeah, yeah Con- there's Constable Corbin. There's King Corbin. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say King Corbin's my favorite. Uh, I, think, I think out of all of that. All of those. Uh, then he had a bajillion matches with Dolph Ziggler. Yes. Yeah. Um, that's that's kind of all I got. Okay. Uh, yeah. Why did you, you do Wikipedia instead of? Like, oh no, I googled them. I, I you actually googled said, nicknames yeah, of Baron yeah. Corbin. Yeah, like I I I've been kind of going through this. I, I'm I'm really trying to get to the get to the nitty gritty on the Baron Corbin situation uh, for the people. But I think this is, this might be the end of the trail. Uh, when was the big breakfast? Cause I'm seeing that too. I'm like, I don't remember that I at all. Don't remember the big breakfast at all. Um, he's also been known how, as, how did the, he get that? He's nickname? been known as the mayor of jackpot city. 
That's, what that's did you a, find that one at? A cage match. <laughs> the mayor of Jackpot City. The mayor so, of Jackpot City. He has held governmental positions in both democratic administrations and monarchies because he's been a king and he's been a constable and he's been... The mayor of Jackpot the City. The mayor. He's been the mayor. He's been a mayor, a constable, and a king. I just think we shouldn't be having him in executive positions anymore. He needs to be more uh, more administrative. And then apparently he's done interviews where he's talked about combining all of his past gimmicks together. Oh, good God, no. I know, right? Like the faces of Corbin. Like the happy kick. Oh, my. He could be in the Royal Rumble like six times. Oh, my God. And each has a different gimmick. That's that's what the people want right there. Is Which is unfortunate because who you'd actually want. He that comes out throwing. Oh, you know, was the big breakfast when he was feuding with, like, Kofi or somebody in the New Day? And they were throwing pancakes and so he was throwing oh, other breakfast right. foods or something that's like that? right. Yeah. he. I mean, because then you have, like, just, like, his sort of lame comedy, you know, things that he sticks. That he, like, they're not full-on gimmicks. Like, you know, throwing pancakes at the New Day or whatever. Or, like, when the New Day's are. But, like, that's that's kind of a thing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, good Lord. Um, do you got anything else? Uh, man. Um... Were you able to watch Dynamite on Wednesday? I did watch Dynamite on Wednesday. Okay. Um, yeah, no, like I, I've actually been kind of keeping up with our weeklies. Uh, like I, I've said it before, and I said, it, you know, I'll say it again with Mark Briscoe. It's just like, why not do something with this guy? Why not make him like like a real sentimental favorite? You know, I I, I get protecting Moxley, but man, I just I I'm. I I feel like it's unfortunate that we're not at least trying to make uh, more of a story with with Jay here. Well, I can give a little bit of an update, by the way, on the CM Punk thing. Not to go. Uh... Oh please, yeah, because they must have done a press conference. That, well, no, that... no, no, no. But but they showed video of a. Uh, uh, they have they have uh, Michael Cole and Corey Graves and referees and other people holding back Seth Rollins mm-hmm. from going in and attacking. CM Punk and he's flipping him off saying F you all these other things so I think my guess is right I think it's gonna be Seth and CM Punk like uh, do uh, you you would know this better than I would uh, does Seth have any opinions on the young bucks uh, I don't know I would not I, I don't know I know they worked together in Ring of Honor a bit, and also in, in uh, PWG, I think. But uh... yeah, right. Uh, no, I'd be I'd be interested to see because, like, he his character in particular, especially if he's sort of like the annoying one, the antagonist, would be a wonderful character to like do all the young bucks needling through. Yeah, I, I'm <laughs> especially okay. with. Especially with, Seth, especially with Seth Rollins' uh, choices of wardrobe and stuff, yeah. Right, right. No, it's it's all. He's actually sort of weirdly perfect for like ironic, like Bucks parody. In, be... in a way that's been consistent with like yeah, what, yeah, what the Rollins character's been this whole time down. Yeah, but look, that looks like the few that they're setting up. Uh, as, as to what. Uh, uh, what were you talking about again? I'm sorry. 
I was listening. I swear that Seth Rollins basically. Oh no 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 no! Before we before I interrupt him with Punk, what'd you say about AEW? Uh. Oh, Mark Briscoe. You were talking about Mark, Mark Briscoe. Briscoe. Oh yeah, that, I would just I would just like to see more done with Mark Briscoe. Also, I don't know. I mean, the other one that kind of lost me is the the Jericho Appreciation Society post Jericho is just kind of like a faction that's there. It's like like. One of these zombie factions, kind of like like the Dark Order became. Yeah, I. <laughs> I like so Daddy much... Magic. I like Anne. I do. I do. But like, but like they, they, it's like creative has nothing for you again. Oh, so we're gonna bring. We're gonna bring back. We're gonna, yeah, we're yeah. gonna bring back the purple hat for for Jake Hager. You know, because that was the most over he ever was in AEW. And as soon as we drop that, but now you have to fight Danhausen. Uh, the whole point too of them leaving, he gave him back the hat, saying he didn't want the hat anymore. Yeah. Oh. But now he loves the hat again, and of course, and Angelo and and Ruby are, are going to be a thing, I guess. Anna Jay, Anna Jay's the only sane one, along with Daddy Magic. There, she's like, "How come you all aren't concentrating on me?" And that's a very good question because I, I was concentrating on Anna J a a lot, but yes. The the daddy magic line of, oh, is it? We're going to have like a conversation about this and we're going to figure it all out. It was like, it was something really funny for like. He had another promo that they cut for social media as well, where it's like, it wasn't supposed to be oh, like this. Amazing. And it was great. That was the problem is, is again, all their great promos are for social media only. And it's like, what are you doing, man? But yeah, we're, we're now giving them like love stories and Jake wants his hat back. And you're just like, my God, what are we going to do with these guys? Are we going to, are we going to have an Angelo Parker versus daddy magic feud? Well, that will, Absolutely get the eyes onto Rampage. That is a Rampage feud if I've never heard one. Yeah, you're right. But can't wait to skip that one on Rampage in several months. God. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> or no, you know what they're teasing? They're teasing Daddy Magic and Soraya having a thing. Yeah. Uh, Does oh, it make it more intriguing this way? I mean, like, it, it, it probably just means they're all just going to make a faction. But like that, Anna J just joins in with the the whatever faction. It's turning into it's turning into NXT on the lower card. We're just gonna have random romances here and there, you know, because we're all hanging out in the same high school. <laughs> I mean, and with Tony Storm there, like as the champion, it's kind of like, you need to just have like drama stories. So like, if I guess it makes sense to have everyone have girlfriends or whatever. And then Tony Storm can like ruin relationships or that sort of thing. I don't know. Yeah. And, and of course the Mariah may now being very disappointed that Tony talked down to her fans. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. right. She's going to be, Really pure of heart. Oh my goodness! I, I don't think so. I think she's gonna out Tony Tony. Oh, you think you think she's gonna become even? More, she's gonna become yes. Like yeah, because it's if they're if they do the plot line of All About Eve. Uh, yeah, she becomes a better Tony Storm than Tony Storm, and Tony Storm gets ousted 
somehow from this faction. She eventually takes everything that that Tony Storm wanted, et cetera, et cetera. I, yeah, it's uh, whatever. I, I do not have anything else for the Lazy River. I'm ready to get out of here. Yeah, I'm good. Cool. Uh, well, this has been Shake Them Ropes for this week. We'll see you next week. Uh, you can follow me on X at Crap Game 13. You can just follow the show at Shake Them Ropes. Chris is smartly not on X. He is only on the Instagram at D-O-C-T-O-R underscore N-O-V. That is Dr. Nove. He's not a real doctor, but he's a doctor in our hearts. We are part of the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. Podcast for uh, all of your uh, wrestling fandom, including Five Star Match Game, Good, Bad, The Hungry, our AEW-centric show, uh, Music of the Mat, and also the flagship with Joe and Rich. If you like what I do, and why wouldn't you, uh, come join also Fight Game Media, patreon.com slash fight game media. For five bucks a month, uh, I do a show on that network with Paul Fontaine called The Dynamite Show, where we obsessively break down every segment on uh, Dynamite. Uh, we also go live about 20 minutes after the show on the old YouTube. But uh, yeah, come on over there. Pay your five bucks. Help get me paid for something I do in audio. Uh, Chris likes to get paid as well. So he's going to uh, um, give his plugs now. Yeah, um, I teach guitar lessons. If you are interested in guitar, bass, or drum lessons, uh, feel free to message me on the, the aforementioned Instagram. And... Oh, you're doing drums now. Well, yeah, I, I've been doing drums. Okay. Uh, yeah, and like, you know, music production, that sort of thing. I have a full EP up on Instagram right now that you can check out. It's five songs deep. Might be a couple more. They're probably, I think I'm going to keep this to five and I'm going to get them mastered. But uh, if you guys want to hear the early, uh, early demos of these five songs, you can certainly uh, check them or like not early, but like mid process demos of these five songs. Check them out on the Instagram. And uh, uh, last, I guess, uh, shout out to the person who scheduled an appointment with me and then proceeded to block me. Uh, I thought that was uh, it was an interesting way of doing things. What? Somebody set up an appointment. Did they pay you at least? Yes. No, 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 no. They set up a lesson. They scheduled the lesson. And then like several days later, it's like, oh, they've blocked me on everything. Huh. So like instead of just canceling the lesson, they just like went for a full block. So I thought that was uh, that was interesting and novel. But did they pay you before blocking you? No, they did not. See, so they scheduled it to inconvenience and they blocked you. Yep. I don't know who it is. Uh, well, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna like name and shame or whatever. No, but, we will not name. Uh, but but like but yes, big shout out on that move. Cool guy. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Cheering at pro wrestling shows in Japan is back, and 2023 is already shaping up to be a big year in the history of pro res. That's why you should listen to the Emerald Flow Show. From the Royal Road to the Green Mat, Paul and Gerard take you into the world of all Japan pro wrestling and pro wrestling NOAA. Not only do we analyze events, but we examine business, who is getting over, what angles are working, or not. Occasionally, we take a look at other Japanese promotions like DDT and Zero One. 
So if you're looking for more coverage of the world of Japanese wrestling, check out the Emerald Flow Show on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network, available on all of your favorite podcast apps.